podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We've gone and got the fucking band back together, haven't we? Like 911 or 911, as my mother used to call them, that terrible boy band from the 90s who are now still touring around Butlins and Pontins around the UK. The three of us have decided to come back for another winter of talking absolute nonsense about cricket, as if we know anything about it. Simon and I will continue abusing each other. Eugene will be there to referee, and we'll get some amazing guests on. So, lads... Where have we been? It's brilliant to be back in front of you again. Uh, although, Robbo, you only live around the corner. I mean, huge. It's brilliant to be back in front of you again. Um, where You would start with you, huge. What have you been up to? I think I played about 411 games in the summer, which is the reason, um, one, my body broke down towards the end, and two, um, I didn't see you guys very much. I know I tried to come up to you to play a game of golf. Couldn't play a game of golf, but yeah. I um yeah cricket cricket and work just took over my life during the summer unfortunately which meant I didn't, didn't get to see you guys very often which is you know I don't know maybe it's a good thing maybe it's not we'll see uh, talk, talking to cricket uh, briefly how did you go poorly next question <laughs> I think mine will be, I think my report on my cricket will be more brief it certainly be less letters <laughs> uh, well on to, on to you then Robbo where, where have you been and what have you been up to. Uh, entirely different matters. I've had a little boy, which is quite good. Uh, Albie, his name is. He's just over six Yay. months old. So, <laughs> we, you might have figured out we got new sound Thank effects, you. guys. Just checking. Have you not met Albie by the time we finished the first <laughs> season, though. Had I not made Albie? I don't know. No, had we not met him? Was uh, he alive by the time we finished? I mean, recording. I tried to. I've got no idea. I don't know. I can't remember when it was. I've had a lot to drink since then. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, All right. Well, on to then. How did you? How did you? How did you go? Uh, shit. Well, that's not quite true because I saw you play a fair bit of cricket this year. Um, you played. I played five some... games. I played five games. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was I, one I got more memorable. About three game. wickets in those five games, but lots. Also, also factually incorrect. Um, Talk me through, there was that West Indian overseas lad, wasn't there, who uh, you bowled at? What, talk me through that day. Oh, the West Indian, yes. Um, yeah. So apparently this West Indian lad had come over as an opening batter for a side in our league. Um, he'd scored approximately four runs uh, in the first half of the season. Um, I, I, I bowled at him uh, and he got, he got a lot more than four by the time I finished bowling at him. Um, he hit me for 56 in uh, in five overs, which was very pleasant. So um, so yeah, it wasn't great. Cool, but yes, yeah. Bob old. I, I can do the math on that if you'd like me to. Uh, but, it, no, no, it's, I'm sure. It's, so, it's, so can I listen? It's lots, mate. It's lots and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't it, win the economy uh, the economy award this year. It would have uh, been ex- it would have been expensive in the T Twenty World Cup. That's all we need to. Know. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> um, and and just to just to finish but off, yeah, uh, I I've spent, yeah. spent all season kicking it and getting no runs. So uh, on top of a shoulder injury, meant which meant I couldn't bowl. It's been an absolute shit show of a twenty twenty one cricket season for me. So we move on to people who are far more talented and far more likely to offer some kind of impressive cricketing ability than the three of us have managed to muster at any point in twenty twenty one. The World Cup, lads. Um, obviously, we so for those who don't know, which is everyone apart from the three of us, we actually recorded a full episode about two and a half weeks ago. Um, but Eugene, as our producer, then sent a really shitty note around in our WhatsApp group saying, Robbo, you didn't turn your effing echo off, uh, so we couldn't use it. So, this is our rehashed we're back episode. So hopefully this one works. Um, but there's obviously been a huge amount more of the World Cup now happened uh, than it had when when we did that. I think we were still in the the precursor um, bit before the Super 12s, weren't we? But now we are where we are. Uh, who's impressed us? Uh, who's going through as the top two predictions from each group, please, Eugene? So, first of all, massively impressed by Pakistan. Mm. 
how unbelievable do they look? Um, both batting and bowling. I suppose that's looking at one of the groups. I'll look at the other group in a second, um, which I suppose we might as well bring it up now. England look unbeatable at the moment. Um, I suppose I want to put a caveat on both of those sides, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of those sides have lost more than four wickets so far. So what I'm saying is the top order have fired every single game, which has meant that the lower order hasn't got a game yet. Yeah. Now, mm. you find when you come to finals days, or, or the, 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 the semis as it's going to be called, I guess not finals days, I'm wondering of those two sides, who will be best lower down the order? I actually stand to be corrected. I do think Pakistan maybe lost six wickets in one game. But from my perspective, you can see where I was going with this. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, England look unbeatable. However, we haven't seen their, their lower order yet. I mean, yeah, but those for me have been the two standout teams. Um, I suppose there's been a couple of shockers. I don't know if you watched the game today, and I'm hopefully going to get this out tonight. But Bangladesh just did not show up at all against the Aussies. Then they won 6.2 um, overs, the Aussies, or something. It was the second. Yeah, and I'm extremely <laughs> disappointed because that really stuffed up South Africa's net run rate. You know, I was really hoping South Africa had a hope of going through. I can't see that now. Well, you know, the Aussies, Aussies got to play the West Indies. Through, I, think. I mean, they looked woeful against England. Um, so, okay, just quickly before we move on to Robbo, what's. Uh, so, okay, who are your two early picks then to go through from each group? Um, I'm going to go. Pakistan and New Zealand. Okay. I don't think Afghanistan are going to beat um, New Zealand to to try and you know keep up India's hopes. BCCI, yes, you can you can contact me via the email. <laughs> um, and then I'm 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 going to go I'm going to go with my heart here and go. It's going to be England and South Africa that go through and not the the old enemy of Australia. So okay. yeah, that's who I'm going as my my semi final picks. Uh, Robo. Uh, I can't differ yeah. too far from uh, from huge there, to be honest. Um, England looked very good. I, having spent all last series uh, on this podcast saying that I will defend David Milan to the hilt, I wouldn't pick him. Um, but mm. that's another matter. Um, I just don't think he suits those conditions. Pakistan looked class. Uh, their seam bowl in particular looks very, very good. Um so, yeah, well impressed with that. Uh, agree with you, John, New Zealand. Um, but I think I think Australia have done enough to get through. And I actually, I think they will, could be the surprise package out the four of those semi-finalists because they've only got it. They've got they've got enough quality to make it count when it matters. So. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Australia won. Um, I think it will be between an England-Pakistan final. Um, but, yeah, Australia wouldn't surprise me. Um, okay, so I will go. Afghanistan, I want to touch on. Uh, well, Pakistan first. I think Pakistan's all-round bowling attack is absolutely top draw. Left arm seam. I mean, Shaheen Sharafridi, um, I think it was against, was it um, when he, he got the two wickets in the first over? Can't remember. It wasn't Australia, was it? Most games that he's played. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> incredible. But then they've got obviously Shadab. They've got um, oh, what's the fellow who Ahmad Wasim who bowls the left arm uh, spinners. Like the, Hassan Ali's been fantastic. So I, I think they look class. Mohammed Rizwan's got an incredible record over the, this twelve months. Babrizam just gone to number one batter in the world. I agree with you, uh, Robbo, on David Milan. I think he's much better and has warranted his pick to go to Australia because he's, he's better against the ball that probably gets above waist height, so quicker pitches. He got cleaned up, didn't he, in the last game. Loose shot, wafty outside the off stump. I, we've all been known to play him, um, but it looks a little bit... doesn't look quite as good when he's supposed to be the number one batter in the world. But um, Afghanistan, I think... I don't think they're going to have enough, but I think where they've... Considering where they've come to from in the time in which they've been playing against the full nations. I think what a showing from them. Uh, I think they look like, every time I look at their keeper, Shazad, I just think, oh, no. he looks like one of those weevils, doesn't he? That gives me help, gives me hope, guys. Come on, there's a chance. Well, you've played international cricket already. He's rotund. Um, he looks like he looks like a 2021 version of Ridley Jacobs. Can you remember him? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, remember. 
But yeah, so I'm going to go England, Pakistan, um, New Zealand, probably Australia, I think, after today in the run rate. Um, we've got to talk India for a minute. If a side with as much class as they've it, got, it, it wouldn't be a slogging it podcast with us without Jono having a bit of a dip in not, India. Well, this, is, this isn't about the BCCI. I am not here to slag off the BCCI. They've done nothing wrong this week. Uh, however, I will be having a go at some cricketing fraternity in the not too distant future. Um, but um, what what's happened to India? I mean, hammered by ten wickets against Pakistan, just looked toothless. The bowling attack. Then to get hammered by, what, eight wickets uh, by New Zealand. Um, they're now playing against the three. I mean, they absolutely tore Afghanistan a new one last night, let's be honest. Uh, and now they play Namibia and Scotland. But you'd surely think that New Zealand will have enough now to go through in second spot, right? There was, there was that interesting stat where India had taken four wickets in their three games because they lost by 10, they lost by... I can't remember. And England had taken 29, mm. which was just phenomenal. And it was it was one of those weird stats. But the way that they, they did their warm-ups, they absolutely pumped everyone. You thought to yourself, there's no getting past India in this in this T20. And then they sort of got to the real stuff and, yeah, just, just couldn't take a wicket for love or money. Um, I'm sure they would have scored the runs, but, you know, yeah, they, their bowling attack for me was, was the strange one. And I suppose you could argue... I mean, you know, they leave out people like Jahal, who in the IPL was just taking wickets for fun and for, for RCB. How does that guy not get a gig? You know, I mean, you'd argue, look, that those selectors get paid a lot more money, but uh, and obviously armchair selection is 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 my my strong point in in cricket. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I just I I can't argue with the way India played, except for their bowling's just been shit. I think Ashwin uh, bowled really well last night, though, didn't he? Ashwin looked class. Um, it's his first game there, right? Yeah, and they, they just I mean, that, that, that is the bonkers bit for me. They, they've got, what you say, four. Four, like, Chahal, Jadeja, Ashwin. They've got three of arguably the world's best T20 spinners. And they're leaving one out to play. Well, they left two out because Chahal's not even... Well, yeah, they're, left, they've left, they're leaving these guys out to play four seamers. I mean... Liam Livingston's bowling every game for England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. India, who you'd have thought with the way that they've trounced England in the Test series on spinning wickets on difficult pitches, mm-hmm. would would be absolutely at home. I, I if, if I was them, I'd just basically pick um, what's his face, the guy who bowls with his arms all over the place. Bumrah. I can't remember Bumrah, and then Bumrah. seven spinners because they, they're going. I mean, I, I feel a bit sorry for him on some parts. Bhuvaneshwar Kumar has started the year looking like one of the best one-day bowlers in the world. He's finished it looking like me bowling at that West Indian fella. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not done great. You look at some of their other seamers, I think they don't quite, they can't figure out the balance of the side. I'm not sure if Hardik Pandya's fit because he balances their side out quite nicely, giving them that extra seam option. So I, I, I don't know. It's It's either a case of, Favourites going in, or certainly in the top, it was basically them or England that everyone was like, right, that's going to be the game, that'll be the final, everyone's going to be happy. And whether that tag, that we saw it happen with England to a certain extent in the World Cup in the in some of the, the early games, um, that seemed to get to them a bit. Whether that's got to them or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, just while ever it's mildly amusing to watch Virat Kohli melt a little bit, um, I do quite like him, but it is always funny when he blows up. Um, yeah, it's just I think it's a bit disappointing to be fair. I mean, it's good that someone like New Zealand and and certainly Pakistan have come through. We said well on the recording that didn't get aired that oh, I thought South Africa might be the new Pakistan. Well, it turns out Pakistan are the new Pakistan. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're talking about balance of sides and not knowing uh, what what the best side is and how to balance that properly. I did wonder for a second whether. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was uh, in charge or in an advisory capacity at some point with the Indian uh, team, and I'm saying that, I'm saying that as a United fan. Um, but does that mean that they're going to come back? By the way, because I know well, you know you never know. Uh, just on India, by the way, have you seen the announcement today that um, Rahul Dravid is now going to be their uh, coach? So what that means for Ravi Shastri? Are we going to see him back in the commentary chair? I don't know. Is he going to retain some kind of role within uh, the coaching setup? 
you would think that he's had his go and maybe Dravid would want to bring other people in, but that remains to be seen. But Ravel Dravid, the wall, as he's affectionately known, one of the absolute greats of the game. Um, wonderful to see him now looking to take India to the next level. Uh, I've I've wondered with India, obviously Coley said that he's going to step down from the white ball captaincy in order to concentrate on red ball cricket, which I think is phenomenal for the game and is a massive tick in the box for test cricket. I just wonder whether the Indian lads have been so determined to try and send him off with this big kind of fanfare as, you know, winning the, the T20 World Cup that they've almost maybe been trying too hard. Yeah, I think that's like I say, there's something that's happened. There's something that's happened that's meant they've not. I mean, Cody's obviously, I mean, he's a massive, massive player. He's, he's I mean, you can sit there arguing about who's the best multi format batter in the world, but he's definitely in the top, hey, top two or three. Um, so, and whether as a leader, he's obviously more, he's a leader from the front. He, he sits there and he goes, right, this is how I want people to do it. He's that kind of guy that you can imagine in the changing room everyone gravitates towards him. He's that sort of person that yeah. drags people along. So maybe it is that, may, maybe, God forbid, it's, I mean, he's had a reasonable, not had a great tournament, has he? Maybe he's felt the pressure of that. Um, I, I don't know. Even today, he sent Pan and her, uh, Pandya in, didn't he? To he did, he did, yeah. The, the only thing I'd say about that is, is look, he's, He's captained RCB for how many years with an absolutely unbelievable side every single year and hasn't won an no, IPL really title. No. So, you know, Rohit Sharma, for me, I think is going to be the person that takes over him from oh. again. You know, you're not going to be pant. It could be. Um, I just think Rohit's in a, in a better place. I mean, he's won how many titles with Mumbai? Same sort of caliber as people yeah. as, as RCB have had. You know, punt with the Delhi Daredevils. Again, you. I'm just going on their captaincy from an IPL point of view, um, which is interesting. Talking of IPL, quick segue there. Have you seen that they've got two more sides coming in, which means there's going to be more players going to India in the IPL next year? But and that's the segue. That we'll park there because I can see your face. Approximately two years every year because we there's not quite Correct. enough IPL on the telly. Um, yeah, yeah. That, there's my gripe for the BCCI. Uh, hey, yes. Yeah. Well, can I can I ask you guys a question? Go. Slightly off India. I'm bored about talking about India. Who do we think? I've been thinking this. When when Pakistan started batting the other week and you got Rizwan and Barber that set off. Current team of the tournament, you've got to pick a keeper batter. Who are you going? Oh Rizwan. Well but yeah, but Butler until today was the top run scorer in the tournament, wasn't he? Yeah, he was overtaken by Sri Lankan, but I'd go Rizwan. 100% would. Yeah, I mean, I'm Consistency. Great. I mean, Butler scored 100, oh. and that's why he was top run scorer. Hmm. He got quite, he got quite a decent Butler. 70 as well, didn't he? 70 yeah. and 31 yeah. balls. They both had one failure. Rizwan's got 73 not out twice, I think, uh, and a low one. I think he got eight in another game. Butler's had a a hundred, a seventy, and then maybe a low one or a twenty or something. Um, look, I think we. I mean, they both use planks. Imagine if they were using Woodstock cricket bats. Well, you know, they'd be scoring. I mean, I tell you what, um, Josh Butler hit it at least sixty-five yards. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should listen to this. Uh, look, my personal opinion, Rizwan. I, I, by the way, I'm a massive Josh Butler fan. However. I would be going Rizwan, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt in the team in the and, tournament at the minute they're both getting in. But it was just if you, my question was if you had to pick one. Great question. Um, Great question. Also, there is another member. Well, there's two guys I want to talk about who are absolute game changers, both from different sides. Um, Asif Ali, is it? Yeah. The bloke who's coming in at five or six for Pakistan. Fuck me. He literally wherever they hit, wherever they let go of it. It goes out of the park. This bloke is phenomenal. Yeah. It's like you don't even have a look at one. He just plants it into the stands. Unbelievable timing. Yeah, massive, massive game changer. Don't disagree with that. It, it was. It was. It reminded me, and I forget which game it was, of when unfortunately Ben Stokes got yeah, taken away by, by Carlos Brathwaite, yeah. where they needed twenty-four off two, and I was thinking to myself, right, this is amazing. It just plonked the next four into the stands. I was like, well. Is that? Wasn't... And then somebody said on commentary, "Remember the name." Yeah, and then Ben Stokes said that on uh, when 
Aston Villa did it. He put, remember the name and tagged him in it, didn't he? Um, I think about that situation though is he came in in that game and Pakistan had lost that game. They were out of that game, and he came in. They needed forty or thirty-eight off th- two and a half, three over, whatever it was, and he won it in an over and a half. But there's and like the same as Brathwaite in that game. No one was thinking Brathwaite was going to do that. Not a single human yeah. being. And so, no, no. It, it must just be that oh, it's not must just be that. Obviously, he's supremely talented. But that, that right, what the heck? You saw when Pat Cummins came in against England in that game where Australia got, where we battered Australia. Pat Cummins came in and smashed his first two balls for six. Mm. Pat Cummins isn't in the same league as Asif Ali, but that kind of freedom to just go in and go wallop, wallop. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah he's no bloke, a phenomenal talent. The other bloke mm-hmm. is uh, that Sri Lankan left-hander, Rajapaksa. He absolutely buffs it and all. Been batting like five or six as well. Like Both of them mm. have been unbelievable. Uh, the other bloke who I do think should get a mention, because Scotland, bless them, um, haven't had a, a great time of it at all. Uh, they beat, didn't they beat uh, they beat Bangladesh, didn't they? In the in the kind in the of pre- um, warm up, warm up, yeah. precursor thing. Which actually we call it the precursor. I'm not knowing what to call it. We pre- should probably give them a bit more respect than that. But the the uh, the round before the Super Twelves qualifiers. Um, let's call it qualifiers. Cross, mm. cross their, I think I believe he's their keeper, Adam Milne from New Zealand, who bowls at roughly the speed of light. Um, he hit him. For, he hit him for twenty of the first five balls of an over. Mm-hmm. The, the over- I saw that. Yeah, four fours or something. Well, five fours. He's yeah. contracted at knots for a bit. And um, so, look, there's been some great performances. Um, so yeah, there we go. There's one team we have to mention, which is Namibia. Yeah, yeah. how good have they fair been? Play. You know, I mean, you know, yes, they've got David Visi, who's an ex-South African, but. I thought they held their own against, I think it was Pakistan. Yeah. I mean, Pakistan put on a huge total and scored, you know, I don't know, 190 or whatever it is. I think they ended up scoring 150. Mm-hmm. You the know. way in which um, uh, Visa and the captain, whose name escapes me. Erasmus. The way that, Erasmus, that's it. The way that he batted to get 50-odd at least not out against Ireland because it was like, who's going to go through, winner takes it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was phenomenal. So, um, one thing we should, while we're on Ireland, mention our friend of the podcast, Mark Adair, really uh, bowled fantastically. Um, I think he became had the lowest economy of any Irish bowler, getting three for nine or three for 14 or 15 it was in four overs uh, in one of the games, uh, but then went down to a, a side strain, which is unfortunate. So uh, get well soon, Mark. Uh, hope you'll, and well, not enjoying your recovery, but hope your recovery is going as well as it can do by this point. I didn't realise that he was the is he the second or third fastest to fifty international T twenty wickets. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So that came up the other day. That the lad from Sri Lanka, Hasa Ranga, is it the leg spinner? Hasaranga. He uh, he 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 went past um, whoever it was. Whoever was one above Mark, so that guy. yeah, that guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> nailed it, Robbo. Nice to have you back, Chief. Um, right, we're going to move on. We're going to go to some good news. Well, actually, before we go to the the, the next pieces, uh, we should mention the people that we support and the people that support us. So, um, first of all, Lords Taverners. That relationship is still very much going strong. Uh, as uh, from now on, we won't do it tonight, but. As from the next episode, we'll be reading out that text number where you can donate £3 uh, to support them, and we hope you continue to do that. Uh, Their amazing work continues to go strong with all the different um, bits and pieces and and, um, different uh, ways of getting disabled and disadvantaged kids into cricket uh, as they can do. Um, So we will continue to support them. Uh, Big Smoke Brewery. uh, for those who are watching tonight will realise that I haven't been sent anything for a little while. <coughs> and that's why I've been drinking Heineken. Uh, the other two lads have obviously saved a bit of theirs. Um, so, yeah, Big Smoke, thank you very much for your continued support. Woodstock Cricket, obviously, thank you uh, for everything. That's kind of an easier one. We didn't really have to go too far to look for that support, thankfully. Um, and we, there may be another sponsor coming on coming on the coming on board uh, as we move forward so we will keep you abreast of that um and and how that progresses is it a, right. is it a bra company no no 
Oh, oh why, Jesus. Were, why, we, why we were we keeping been... abreast. Here we go. <laughs> and what we what we should have done was the, the, the sound effect that goes because that was fucking rubbish. Anyway, great news. We're gonna to go to we're gonna to go to good news before uh, we deal with the topic that is dominating basically life at the moment. It's not just cricket. Um Ben Stokes is available and fit for the Ashes. What an amazing piece of news, not only for English cricket fans, but just for cricket fans all around the world. How have, how we have missed him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he took a break for personal reasons. Um, and yeah, I saw on, a, on, a, on his Instagram today that he's literally on the plane to Australia. Mm. So he's left today. I'm thinking the Ashes are still a while away, but I know Australia have got like a six-month rule where you have to bed in and you know, get blood from a stone and you have to pass a COVID test and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So, yeah, I suppose he does have to leave a little bit early. But, yeah, what an unbelievable story to say, you know, he wasn't even in the squad at one stage and then, you know, now he's going. Um, it was also interesting to see he's had an op on his finger and it healed that quickly. Yeah, yeah. That was unbelievable. It was like two weeks and then he could bend his finger again. Yeah, I, I saw him like saying now. I saw a post with it from him saying now he can hold his bat, and then I saw him in the nets and stuff. And um, but yeah, I think it's just phenomenal to to know that he's going to be a part of that England side taking on the Aussies, uh, obviously on the Aussies' home turf. How, how big a difference do we think that makes? I think even just from a mental point of view to the Australians, considering what he's done to them at different times previously, it gives the English boys such an, a monumental lift. But the Australians will far rather face an England side without him in it than with him in it. I think it balances so England side out. That's so much better. It, it's, it, you wouldn't like to say that one person changes the test series, but I think I would go as far as saying that he is. And Joe Root's obviously done well this year. Before this year, he'd had he'd been a bit up and down for the last three or four years. But I think I think Ben Stokes is certainly for me the uh, he's in the top three England cricketers, all-round cricketers of all time. Um, and, like, he's he's a, he's the one person you can sit and go, he bats at six or five or wherever, that you, he bats in the middle order. England have nobody, literally nobody. If if Jimmy Anderson goes down, Chris Wokes can come in. Or I'm not yeah. saying they're of quite the same level, but there is no one, not a single person in county cricket that can lace his boots in the roles yeah. that he does. Just, just for reference, my little chuckle there was when you mentioned Joe Root that he scored more hundreds this year than Tim Payne is in his international career. He's only 40 runs behind his career runs for the year, isn't he? He's, he's, he's 40, if, if Joe Root scores 40 more than Tim Payne in the first test, he scored more runs in 2021, than Tim Payne has scored. Oh, let's be nice to Tim. He was he was 705 years old when he actually broke into the Australian Test side. So let's give him a bit of a break. Um, before before we move, that's not like you. You're giving someone a break. Give an Australian before a break. We, one team we haven't really talked about in the World Cup. We haven't gone into depth on is England. So um, Tamal Mills, who is Lisa's favourite person in the world ever. Um, Lisa's my wife. For those of you, just to the podcast. Um, no, no, she prefers Tamal. Um, you know, shame to see him go down. He's done so well to get into, back into that side after so many terrible injuries and such terrible luck. I think he's been brilliant. Chris Wokes has been phenomenal. Um, and I, I think that, you know, obviously Jason, um, Joss have been... And then the top four, because we haven't seen anyone else bet. Yeah, I think, well, I think, I think Livingston, <laughs> Livingston's been fantastic. Morgan's actually found a bit of form. Well, he did in that um, one game, didn't he? What, one game where he scored right yeah, yeah. one game, yeah. But that was the only game he needed to, I suppose, didn't it? It wasn't... You, you looked at when he needed to score. He sat at the other end on his stick and watched Butler smash the ball everywhere against Sri Lanka. That's what he did. Oh, he did, yeah, for, well, he did for the first 20 balls, yeah, when he, he generally looked like he was batting with a quill. Yeah. You wouldn't say there's an England-South Africa game coming up on Saturday, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite I'm important. I'm finding everything account. wrong with the English. Yeah, it is quite important for, uh... for South Africa. That's all. Yeah. It would be it doesn't matter for England to be the first team to ever hold both white ball World Cups at any one point. Obviously, that's something. That's yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think the England press, English press, will talk about that enough. 
if we did that. I think that yeah, that really. that recognition definitely wouldn't get maybe an MBE. Maybe I think they might create a new award if England did that. I think the Queen <laughs> might flash the entire team just for just for doing that because it's the first time it's ever been done. I think Queen alone, she's not well. Anyway, um, the so, I think you missed the point of well, what I was saying there, but anyway. <laughs> but um, talking about the English press, I'm not sure whether if that happens, they will be able to talk about that because there is something that is going to be run around the really? English press a long while yet. So, was that on the front hmm. pages? I wonder what was it on the front be. pages because I read the back pages and there wasn't a deal about anything really. Right. Well, okay. Well, I think we should give our listeners like maybe ten seconds to guess what we're about to talk about here, and then no, no, because well, think... they know exactly what it is already. So. Right. What someone who's who's not necessarily kind of worried about airing their views all the time. Um I think and you two can comment on this as you see fit, I think the way that Yorkshire County Cricket Club have gone about dealing with this entire Azim Rafiq situation for two, maybe three years now, is absolutely disgusting. Um so we're recording this at 8.15 on November the 4th, which is a Thursday. So yesterday, a load of the sponsors pulled out. Today, Nike pulled out as a sponsor. Um, the ECB of tonight released uh, the statement to say that until further notice and until basically get the houses in order, that Yorkshire won't be able to host any international games, any domestic finals or any game in the 100. Oh, uh, I didn't realise it was that last bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, basically... I was talking to a Yorkshire fan earlier before we came on air. This entire situation is could bankrupt Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Um, Good. Now, yeah. Um, now, Gary Balance. Let's deal with the Gary Balance thing. So him and Azim Rafiq both said, very, very good mates. Um, and Rafiq has come out and said, it. look, it's not about Gary as an individual. This is about systemic institutionalised racism within Yorkshire County Cricket Club. My belief, and I get, I've been talking to someone uh, who I play, used to play with, who's best mates with Gary's brother today, um, I, my, my belief is that Gary Balance has been hung out to dry by Yorkshire County Cricket Club in another failed, vain attempt for the board to go, here you go, Gary, feed yourself to the Lions because we think that's the best way for us lot to keep our jobs and remain in our current ivory tower. Um, there has been a lot of talk around the cricket industry for a long time about some very senior players, a lot more high-profile players than Gary Balance, um, being involved in this, still involved at the club, etc., etc. Obviously, we can't name names because it's yet to be proven, but the way that it was all going to be done behind closed doors at court and this and the other was to protect these people. There's a lot of high profile people who've been lawyered up for a long time. Like the whole way that Yorkshire have gone about trying to deal with this is just, it just beggars belief, right? Yeah. I, my, my thoughts on it, uh, uh, fundamentally uh, in the nicest possible way, fuck them. Like, to try and defend, the, there's certain words and there's certain phrases that, whether it be that horrible word that people use, banter, it's not a horrible word in itself, but as a defence, it's not great. Like, we all have conversations. We all have times where me and Jono as two very good mates will we'll have uh, a conversation that we both know what level it's on. And so, and we both know the context that it's meant in. And yes, if someone outside of that was to listen to it, they might say some frown at some of the tone or some of the insinuations behind that. But we know what the crack is because fundamentally, I'm not racist, and Jono's not anti-deaf people. Like we know, <laughs> we know what goes on. So, but my point is, my, I, what I think's happened is they published that report yesterday, or the day before, going it's banter changing room banter and then what they've tried to do is they've gone to they've got gary balance and gary balance has is and certainly was one of azim rafiq's best mates within cricket 
So if they, they've put money on the fact that they've thought, right, if we can get him to admit it, and then Azim will go, oh, it's not about Gary, it's about this, they, their next line is to basically go, oh, well, if you're all right with him saying it, then what's the problem? What's the problem, yeah. yeah like, yeah. to just try and discredit the argument. Now, we all know that that is a bullshit argument. But if they, they, they're not trying to say it didn't happen. Which for me, if, if your defence is, it's a bit like that kid in the playground that goes, why did you belt that kid? Well, because he was belting him. Like, you're not denying what yeah. you've done. You're just going, well, there's a reason why we did it. Which is, is excuse my French, fundamentally fucked up. Yeah. And as much as I've got a lot of respect for a lot of people at Yorkshire, and I, I, I know a lot of people that have played there and a lot of stuff like that, I was listening to an article on the radio. I think, Jono, you were actually on the radio this morning, weren't you? And that's part of what you were saying. You look at some of the history of, of things that have gone off, and they brought up two items that I can remember. One was a Darren Lehman issue when he talked about um, yeah. a Pakistan player when he was yeah. a coach somewhere else, and they then employed him. And the other one was to do with their existing head coach. Now, we're not speaking out of turn. This has been published. This has been found. This yeah, is, yeah. We're not mentioning anyone that's not been mentioned in national press. So I've got no problems talking about it. And I'm, I don't know the ins and outs of that particular case. But you start to look at the history of what's gone off and the bits mm. and the bobs and you're going, hang on a minute. You, there's got to be an issue. There's, yeah. there's got to be an issue. When you're in a county that is as big as Yorkshire, that has such a South Asian population that Yorkshire does, mm. and the percentage or the, the percentage of that first-class team is what it is, then I'm not saying, no I'm not saying, I'm, I'm just saying, hang on a minute, something's, something's going on. There's yeah. got to be something I mean, somewhere where... Yeah, it's no, right. Robert, I, 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 complete, I completely agree. I mean, there's a lot of people hanging the hat on the fact that it was the Daily Mail who outed Gary Balance and named Gary Balance. Well, I mean, if anybody doesn't think that that call has been put into the Daily Mail by someone from Yorkshire County Cricket Club, oh, yeah, then quite frankly, yeah. more on. I, I mean, that has been leaked by someone at Yorkshire in order. Because all of this is, all this is, is a smokescreen. Right? Yeah, massive. Sorry, you're going, you're probably coming towards the end of your, test, your cricket career. I mean, to be fair, Mark Butcher said, and obviously there's a huge amount of anti-racism stuff and, you know, and everything, and Butcher's right at the front of that, and that's amazing. Um, and he said, actually, at the minute, Gary Vance is the only one to come out with this with any credit from a Yorkshire perspective because yeah. he's the one who's gone, yeah, put my hands up. I, I'm, I, I've, been, I've been a part of that. What people aren't now looking at is the, the context of the relationship with him and Azeem and whatever, and the thing, the, the bits behind this as to why Yorkshire might be doing this to, uh, the board might be doing this for their own benefit. I fully believe, TBC, and I'm sure I'll never find out, but I'm pretty sure that that call would have been put into the Daily Mail from someone at Yorkshire in order to basically shove Gary, throw Gary under the bus. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember, when I, was, when I did my podcast in the first series, and I mentioned about my mate's dad, um, and he said to me, you remember that day when I was seven? Or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I walked to the and he says, all right, Johnny, you're looking more happy every day. Yeah. Right. The problem with that word is it's – K as a consonant is very aggressive. It's quite a harsh consonant. So I think as a word, it sounds very aggressive. But also because of that, and it's been going on since the 70s, 80s, race riots, whatever, it's got such a – Con negative connotation surrounding it that it's always been perceived as something that is meant as a detrimental comment. Now, some people are trying to hang their hat on and the fact that it's oh, it's not, it's only the same as saying Aussie or Kiwi or whatever. I mean, almost in, laughable. In that way, it's almost laughable. In one way, you can look. You can parcel up a turd and call it a present, right? But it's not. It, it's not. It is in theory. On the outside, looking in, the same thing. But actually, once you go past the kind of outer shell of it, it's absolutely not what you perceive it to be. It's not the same thing. There is a lot of harm and, and stuff. And it's, it is down to the personal perception as to how that word is uh, received. 
Um, and it does cause great offence to people. Like I've got friends, um, and I've pulled them up on it before. And I don't, you know, these are well-educated people, but it's about, you know, they, oh, what, what, what's, what's the wrong, what's wrong with saying that? Well, it, it has got such negative connotations uh, and has done for so many years that I just don't think that's an acceptable term in today's modern society. Um, you, I'm aware that you haven't said anything for a while. Where, where are you with this? Yeah, I mean, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? I mean, I know, I know that this has been going on for a long period of time now. When it, this, this, you know, this this Rafiq story with Yorkshire originally broke, but in the middle of it, we had the whole cricket South Africa and Black Lives Matter mm. issue. Mm. So, thing, yeah. The, the, and the reason I bring that up is because I thought that was dealt with and handled correctly compared to the way Yorkshire and Rafiq have been handled. You know, there was the issue of, you know, the cock saying he didn't want to do it. There was then he apologized and said that it was a bit of a, you know, it was a, it came out of the blue because he was told on the bus on the way to the ground of the game saying you have to take... Well. Didn't they throw him off the bus yeah. on the way to the No, no, oh. no. Yeah, yeah. Look, w- w- whatever it was, the point is, is that it was, it was dealt with in the correct manner yeah. and quickly and efficiently compared to the way Yorkshire and Rafik have done it. And, you know, I think there's no defense for, for what, for, for what balance and, and Rafik said to each other. I know a lot of people will say it's casual racism and when you're mates, it's supposed to be okay. It's gen, it's genuinely not okay. Mm. You know, I know some people will, will, will say things in and amongst friends. I know it's important to make sure that people realize that that's still not okay, no matter how good of a friends you are. And I think that was where, you know, it was interesting reading a lot of the articles today, and some people were saying, "Did did Balance actually apologise?" And I think what he was trying to do was was say we were such good friends that what he said to me was just as bad as what I said to him. If you read the full articles, I'm not sure what you can call Gary Balance, you know, uh, in a negative term. I don't know, well, but, but that was the way he. Was... I'm sure you could go with quite a few things if you wanted to, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Slang, and I mean, like. Zimbo is a slang term for someone who's from Zimbabwe, same as Sapo yeah. is for someone who's from South Africa, Yank, yeah, exactly. with the Poms or the Brits or whatever. But I just think that, the, and do you know what? Weirdly, there's nothing for India. An Indian, it's yeah. an Indian, right? There's no, it, but I do, I genuinely think that there is this, this, this um, negative undertone to the, the, the P word, as everybody's been calling it. Um, the, and it does cause great offence to people. Yeah, it does. Look, I mean, I think the thing that this has highlighted, this whole this whole um, um, news article, the presence in the press, what this has highlighted is that casual casual racism is not okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's the way it was. I don't think people were blatantly being racist. I think they thought it was banter, and that's you know that's something that you casual racism has been now stomped out with this. Now, wherever it was happening before, it hundred percent won't. No matter how good of friends you are, I think that's something that's quite important. I think there's a, absolutely a learning to be had from groups of people on casual racism. I think that's one thing that can be dealt with and can be gotten past. The way in which the Yorkshire Cricket County Cricket Club Board have chosen to deal with this in every at every stage that they've had the opportunity to deal with something properly, they, they've just gone they completely got it wrong. They 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 couldn't have gotten it more wrong. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, to be fair, one thing that I feel we must say, obviously, as a, as a podcast, we support the Lord's Taverners and the amazing work that they do, which help disabled, disadvantaged uh, kids, give them a sporting opportunity in life, mainly through cricket, obviously, through loads of different schemes and super ones and table cricket and whatever. And that's about bringing inclusion and inclusivity into cricket for people who might not otherwise have access to it now that doesn't necessarily mean cricket in the way that we us guys play cricket but it gets them to engage in the game and learn about the game and that brings more fans into the game right which is brilliant because that in turn drives revenue um ebony mikey holding talking about you know the black lives matter stuff seen two incredibly strong people you know physically break down on tv like mikey holding like one of the greatest fast bowlers of all time crying doing an interview on sky sport um because of that like Racism is a thing, a huge thing, and it needs to be eradicated, full stop. Mm, But there is a huge amount of great work that goes on uh, that the ECB support. Look at Ebony, you know, with their inner city cricket programs, um, Chance to Shine, 
all these different things, you know, trying to engage predominantly black and South Asian communities. Now, it's time that the county set up um, really got hold of this. And actually, you know, uh, I know London schools, Phil DeFratis uh, was involved there. I don't think he is anymore. I think Daniel Bell Drummond's now going to be their head coach or the president or something of London schools. Um, and they're predominantly going to look. So you can't now you can't be part of a county setup and play for London schools, whereas it used to be the guys that played for Surrey and Middlesex also played for London schools. Now they're looking towards, you know, the black and South Asian communities to try and drive engagement and participation that way. But there are some amazing people doing some amazing things in cricket to try and engage these communities that don't feel like they have a place in the second biggest national game at the moment. Um, and so that should be remembered, should absolutely not be forgotten that there are a huge amount of people working incredibly hard on a day-in, day-out basis to, to try and make things better from a cricketing perspective for people who feel downtrodden, don't feel like they get the opportunities. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who say cricket's full of public school boys. Well, maybe it is, but I think that's changing. Um, at Woodstock, we support the Bunbury Festival. Um you know, someone said, oh, it's full of school, public school boys. Joe Root, when he played at the Bunbury, wasn't a public school boy. He then got a scholarship to go to Worksop College, but only lasted a year because it, it, yeah. it didn't quite work for him. So, you know, we shouldn't forget that there are brilliant people doing brilliant things to try and help uh, people achieve things that otherwise they might not be able to do. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I, that's a really I, valuable point that needs making. I couldn't agree anymore, John. I think there are a, a vast amount of people that are trying to uh, doing the right things, and to the point where it's not even the right it, the right thing. Isn't it shouldn't even be a way of putting it. It's like people who walk down the street and not stab folk are trying to do the right things. No, they're just not dickheads. Like it's there's people that want to support these communities, and I think the vast majority of people, certainly involved in cricket, because of the way that and the popularity sort of within cricket is in the UK, there is a massive amount of, of, of black and South Asian people that are involved in cricket at an amateur level. And it's trying to get them to, to, to filter into the situation. Mm. And I think this is one of the reasons why this Azim Rafiq in Yorkshire thing has caused so much trouble because it's re it's it's making people realise, and you used a, a I can't quite remember the exact quote you used on the radio this morning, but it's made people realise that well, a few years ago people said football, uh, people chairmen and stuff of, of football clubs were out of touch. Yeah. Now, yeah, you look at some of the people, and we all know who they are. That they'll be on every single board in every single cricket club, whether that be amateur cricket club. Minor counties cricket club, international cricket team, first class cricket team, whatever. There's that person that's stuck in the past, stuck in their ways about this is how it should be done because this is how it's always done. Yeah. And do you know what? If Azim Rafiq coming out and saying what he said, and I don't care how many times people try and shoot down his relationship with Gary Balance and what it might be, if it comes out and it means that people have a look at these people on these boards in cricket, and cricket boards, because something that belongs in the 21st century, not currently something that's stuck in about 1912, which we all know it is. We've all been into these rooms and changing and uh, pavilions and stuff where you've still got all this stuff going off. And I'm not saying let's get rid of some of the traditions, but what I'm saying is let's drag it forward. Yeah. Let's modernise the thought process. Let's get some forward-thinking people involved. Yeah, And if that does this then for me, he should be held up as an example of how people should be. He should be anyway, but I hope if that happens, then he will feel some kind of like, justification warmth inside. Just if, no, yeah, justification. It's, not, it's hard to try and find the right word because there should be no justification for what he's done. Like it's we all, we all know it's right, and we all know well, anyone with half a brain knows what he's doing is right. But it, if it if it causes that change, then and it, will, and it will cause that change. And I think, you know, talking about local cricket clubs and and you know maybe even counties, there's there's something that sort of you triggered my 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 memory to back to to back one of the to to one of the um, episodes that we did in season one about unconscious bias. And a lot of the time, you don't even yeah. realize 
that you're doing it. But I, I like the way that nowadays, and I'm not sure about the other, you know, the other counties or the other uh, leagues, but I know the one that I'm playing in, you now have to have women and player of color on your committee in order to be within um, the, the regulations. When I say the regulations, it's encouraged. So from our yeah, perspective, yeah. you know, there's so many different things now. To your point, those boards are going to change. The names are going to change on them. And that's the yeah. important thing. You know, I think change is important. It's the only constant that we have in our lives. So, yeah, for me, you just triggered the, the unconscious bias there. Uh, the one one thing, so when I was on the radio this morning, Izzy Westbury, who's obviously a, a brilliant commentator, a brilliant journalist, uh, ex-England women's captain, um, said, isn't it amazing that when India or Pakistan or Bangladesh or Sri Lanka or whoever come to tour in England, who do all these South Asian people support? They come out in their thousands to support the country of their birth or their parents' birth or their grandparents' birth or whatever. And that, and she said it's because they feel so disengaged with the system that we currently have within English cricket. And that, and that spoke volumes to me. I thought that's, that's a massive thing. And I'd never really thought of it like that before. But you, you don't never see them in the same numbers as you, as you do when they're... Um, when they're kind of, you know, the countries of their birth or their family's heritage, if you like, uh, are in town. So, um, yeah, look, we've done a, a huge amount of a huge amount of talking on that, um, and I think that we will uh, we'll have to leave it there uh, for episode one of, of season two. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to be back with you, gentlemen, and back with those of you who have listened. Thank you so much. I've had so many people been mithering me. When's slogging it coming back? When's slogging it coming back? It's, it's amazing to know that it's so uh, highly regarded and valued and that you obviously enjoy listening to it and what we cover off and, and talk about. So um, long may it continue. Cheers, guys. See you soon. See you, boys. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.